If you're visiting with us for the first time, thank you for being here with us today. It's a pleasure to have you with us. We, um, we're a group of people that love Jesus. We're a group of people that love Jesus. <laughs> Amen. We are. We do. We love Jesus and serving him and um, just getting out into our communities. I want to say just how grateful Stasha and I are to be part of such an amazing body of Christ and all the gifts and the talents that God has brought and um, the prayers and just your friendship. So thankful for that. I've, we've seen that on display over the last few weeks, just um, weeping with those who weep, rejoicing with those who rejoice. And that's what church is all about, right? Coming together in time of need, coming together in time of uh, joy, coming together uh, when we're sending people on the mission field. Just Several of us just got back from Jamaica. Dean is now headed out to Niger. And um, then you have the things that we do here in the community and keep serving God. Just keep serving him. I want to tell you quickly, Dean will be gone um, next Sunday and the third Sunday of the month is typically Mission Sunday. So um, I'll be bringing the missions focus for that week. And what we're going to do is a, in, well, I guess all over the U.S., you know, the Bible is not not allowed to be presented within the classroom. And so how they do that here, and as a matter of fact, I'm not that old because it was the same way when I was in school. So I was talking to someone much older than me this morning, and they said that they used to do memory verses, right, Mr. Stone, when you were in school, but I just gave away who the older person was. Anyway, um, it's a privately funded type of thing that happens. So next week, we're going to have a guy just for the five minutes that we have, whatever time that, that takes there, I'll say five minutes, but uh, someone from the Mooresville, Mooresville Area Bible Teachers Association. And so he's going to give us a little bit of the vision, just again, for a brief period of time. And I'm going to ask that you would pray this week and come prepared to maybe give to this organization because what they do, the public school system does not support these teachers. This organization, Mooresville Area Bible Teachers Association, they are the ones who raise money to pay these teachers to teach Bible in school. Now, here's how they have to do it. They have to present it as history. They can't present it. It can't be an evangelistic thing. But I know what the Word of God tells me, that His Word will not return void. And so even if it's being taught as a history course, the kids are hearing the Word of God. So next week, come prepared to give. Pray this week. Um, many of you may know Pastor Robert Jackson. He is now retired from Peninsula Baptist. Coming to those meetings, he's just as busy as ever. But anyway, he's the chairman of that. I don't know if he'll be the one that's coming next week. Man, if he does, that'll be a treat, huh? Um, but it could be someone else who comes. But I just, I wanted to put that in your ear. I'll send out an email again uh, this week. But what an amazing way to be able to support our local school system and, and getting the Word of God in there. So... That's all I have to say about that. And now we get on to God's Word for today. If you want to turn into uh, the book of Colossians, chapter 3, we'll be there in just a few moments. We are taking this year to talk about becoming whole people, what it is to be whole. Uh, in Foursquare, there's a few things that I guess you could say are our pillars. You know, what does Foursquare mean? We believe that Jesus Christ is our Savior. We believe that He is our baptizer in the Holy Spirit. We believe that He is our healer. And we believe that He is the soon-coming King. Amen? And so this year, we're focusing on the fact that He is our, our healer. And so in that area of healing, whenever you are healed in a particular area, you're coming to a place of wholeness. As Mr. Stowe has said in the past, it's from a place of brokenness to a place of wholeness. And we have all agreed that by the end of this year, we're not going to be 100% whole. 
As a matter of fact, Philippians 1.6 tells us that he who began a good work within us will carry it on to completion until the day Jesus returns. So this work will be happening in our lives. But we're wanting to get this focus and this idea. We're, um, and for the rest of the year, we're going to be introducing into each sermon topic and series that we do, the idea of God's presence. You know, this morning, uh, J12 is meeting with Kelsey and Rusty next door, and as amazing as Rusty and Kelsey are, as amazing as all of our teachers back here are today with the elementary, as amazing as those who are ministering to our uh, toddlers and babies, as amazing as Allison leading the team today, Sarah Doug, uh, the worship team, the musicians, as amazing as all of my preaching today, you can determine if it's amazing or not, I'll, I'll leave that up to you, but without the presence of God, it really means nothing. Because it cannot transform lives. My message, my words cannot transform a life. However, whenever I introduce and allow, I should say when I allow for the presence of God and I am preaching his word, whenever you minister in the power of the Holy Spirit, that is what changes lives. And so we're invoking and, and reminding ourselves of the importance of the presence of God. Last week um, in our series, Encountering God's Presence, we talked about a heavenly perspective. Today, I want to talk about a heavenly mindset. What is that whole idea? Of, what's the difference between a perspective and a mindset? Well, you'll see today as we go into Colossians. So this morning, as I look out here, I see a lot of new creations. Now, if you read in the Bible, what do you mean a new creation in Christ Jesus? In other words, the old things that used to mark your life, the habits that you had, the things that you did, life without Jesus, that was your old self. You were an old creation. Now you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And so as I look out today, I see a whole lot of new creation. Um, and even though we see that, you and I see that in our, our circle of friends that we have, we know that there are believers who have acknowledged Jesus as Savior, but not as Lord. And what I mean by that is there are plenty of people who are saved. We, maybe this is us at some point in our lives. We're saved, but is Jesus truly Lord of our lives? And then, in other words, is my life living up to the standards of God's Word? And so we, we can kind of see that whole idea there. Well, this is what Paul is addressing in his letter to the Colossians. You love Jesus. You've received the, the, the news of repentance. You've received Jesus. But I want to talk to you today what he's saying to the Colossians. I want to talk to you about your lifestyle. I want to talk to you about your mindset as you are in Christ. Because yes, you are saved, but how does your life line up to the Word of God? How has your mind been transformed? And so what we're going to see as we go through this is this. Focusing on heaven and the presence of God can be transforming. How many of you have experienced that? I have. Focusing on heaven and the presence of God and allowing Him to do... Uh, you guys know my story, as I've told many times. Um, growing up in a single-parent home all of my life, um, statistics say that I should have also ended up in a divorced situation. But you know what? It's the presence of God that has allowed and shaped me so that I love my wife. She's over there. So that I love my wife with all of my heart. But I have to be committed and honestly daily have to make a mindset shift to focus on God and his presence. Because otherwise I could veer off that road at any, any moment, right? I mean, it happens. But just maintaining that. So just a little example there of what I'm talking about. It's transformed what should have been. 
Well, this morning we have our memory verse, and so I want us to say this loud and strong together and encourage you to be uh, keeping up with your memory verses. I know there's going to be 52 by the end of the year. Will you know all of them at the end of the year? I don't know, maybe, but at least our goal is this. You'll know more than what you started out 2019 with, right? So let's read this together. You ready? Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Now that's a pretty easy one. I think that, that one, some of them have been difficult. Some of them have been really easy. I would, he then goes on to say this, you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. He goes on in verse two to say, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. There you have it, there at the end. It's that heavenly mindset, the realization of while we get to enjoy the presence of God here on earth, can you imagine what it will be like when we see him face to face, when we stand in front of our Savior at that moment? And so that's what Paul is talking about. Within this first point today, our minds are transformed. We are new creations. We, there's, there's a mind shift that happened when we gave our life to Jesus. There's something that he provided within his Holy Spirit that began to change us. Now, uh, Tony Evans, many of you have heard of him. He says this. He says that there are many believers that are suffering from a type of spiritual Alzheimer's. Now, let me explain this for a moment because I know that many of you have seen this within your families. It has devastated your families, uh, members of your family, and so many of you have dealt with this on a very personal level. And what, what Alzheimer's tends to do is the mind is unable to accurately formulate ideas and thoughts and speech. So homes, and I've been into many nursing centers and places like that, and, and you, see, you see what is a shell of a person almost because the ravages of, of that horrible disease of Alzheimer's has just made the person a shell of a person. And, and it's because of what I just read there. The mind is unable to accurately formulate ideas and thoughts and speech so that the life can move as it ought to move. Because what it does, it produces inactivity in the life of a person. And so as you obviously make the, the translation from the physical to the spiritual, this can even happen in the lives of believers, which is why our minds must be renewed so we're not just the dormant believers who are just a shell of a person, but God is saying, I have breathed new life into you. Let your mind be transformed. We've all heard it said that our mind is a battleground, right? <laughs> I mean, and you experience that on a daily basis. I mean, I, I don't know that a day goes by where you don't have conflicting thoughts. Anybody? You've never had a conflict, you know, there's not a day that goes by that you don't have a, a, a conflicting thought within you. Uh, should I take the last ice cream sandwich or should I save it for my wife or my kids or whatever? You know, little silly things like that even. Our victory in life really is tied to our mind and who our mind is centered. Christ and victory in Jesus, I'm going to live a victorious life, Right? That's what he's saying here. In the shift of our mind, our lives are redirected. Think of the person that you used to be, the road that you were going down, even as a believer, 
And then one day you made a decision, you heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, and you say, I sense that the Lord is calling me to, let's go with Dean here for a moment, he's a believer, and one day he sensed the Lord say, all right, I'm putting Niger on your heart. And so what did his mind start to do? Google Niger, look up Scott Jungers. Sorry, Scott, if you're listening to this, he's a good friend of mine, I forgot his name. Um, Look up Scott Jungers, find out the things that are going on in Tunisia. And so now all of a sudden, Dean has this download from God that says Niger. So his mind is now shifting to Niger because earlier his mind had been on Jamaica, Yemen. Had gone there for two years, three years. And so, but God said, you know, there's, there's a group of people that's in Jamaica, but I am shifting your mind. So even as a believer, I'm not talking about just coming from a place of not being saved to being saved, but even as believers, our minds become reprogrammed as we do come to Christ. Let's go back to when we are saved. First, receive the mind of Christ. How do I think like God? I'm a human being. Well, right there in 1 Corinthians 2.16, it tells us, you have received the mind of Christ. But there has to be a shift that happens within our mind, doesn't it? Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And my mind is making that transformation in that. This is not some kind of mystical mind over matter type of thing. This is my mind being set on God's word and recognizing his presence and thinking with a heavenly mindset. Yes, and yet it is possible to reintroduce our past into our new minds. You ever had a trip up in a fall <laughs> spiritually? I used to behave that way, and doggone it, there I go again. It's a trip up. Sometimes it's outright sin, isn't it? So we may even have those things where we trip up, where we fail, where we fall, because we can reintroduce the past into our new minds. What happens, though, is this works against the transformation process in our minds. So what is being said here in Colossians is we must set our sights on the realities of heaven and think about the things of heaven. Now, I want to tell you, when we think about the things of heaven and the fact that there's a sweet by and by, you know, whatever time frame you grew up in, how we talk about heaven, um, whenever we have that, we have to understand to be a person. And I'm telling you my goal, okay? And I pray this is your goal. I want to be a person that thinks about heaven every single day. I don't want to be a person that thinks about heaven so much. What's the old cliche? You're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. No, I just want to have that perspective of heaven and the presence of God so that my mind is transformed to think about the things of heaven. And it's an intentional process that we are responsible for. We can ask God to help us and he will help us. But I want to challenge you this week, every day, several times throughout the day, I want you to think about heaven. Why is that? One, you're assured of salvation. I'm just going off the notes here for a moment. You're assured of your salvation. You're looking forward to the day when you get to meet your Savior, but it keeps us on task with our actions, our attitude, and our thoughts, and how we respond to believers and unbelievers as well. So it's a, it's, we're responsible for that. In other words, we intentionally think about heaven. Quote that I got here says, think with a heavenly perspective while on earth and do so on purpose. Make it your purpose to think about heaven every single day. It truly will change how you live your life and how you view people who do not know Jesus because you will want to tell everybody about your Savior. 
that way naturally. Let me say that again. I want you to catch this. We must train our minds to think about heaven on purpose until we think that way naturally. In other words, when I wake up in the morning, when I'm eating lunch, whenever I'm getting ready for bed, whenever I'm running into the coworkers or this, that, or the other, you know, in the back of my mind, there's something that naturally thinks about the kingdom of God. And can I tell you something? Many of you have experienced this. It does become a normal way of thinking even throughout the day. Here's someone who is deeply hurting, and I can pray that they would receive the kingdom of God today. It's intentional, and it becomes natural. But it did, again, it does take intentionality. Colossians 3.3, well, let's uh, back up to that real quick. It says, For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. I want us to read that on your own real quick. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Think about that just for a moment. What that is saying is that Jesus must be part of every aspect of our life. I've had many questions throughout my years in the racing ministry uh, that I did for two and a half years, and then associate pastor ministry, and even today, people asking questions in the community. How do I live when needs to be a separation, right? And you know what my answer is? No, absolutely not. I'll give you a little example this morning. Now, I have a clear cup, and I have a nice, lukewarm pot of coffee because I made it at 8 o'clock this morning. Now, as I pour this, I'm going to pray that I don't spill it. Sweet morning nectar. (laughs) Now, How many of you like black coffee? I know Tim does. Jamie? Jen? Miss Vicky? Tom? Now, to me, black coffee is bitter. Kind of like the people... No, I'm just kidding. Not like the people who drink it. (laughs) I'm totally teasing. Actually, I can drink black coffee in Jamaica. They don't have a lot of the good creamers and stuff, but I I can drink it. Anyway, it's just black coffee. Now, here's how I prefer my coffee. Here's a little, this is hazelnut creamer, okay? So I'm going to pour this in. Okay. Now, in some circles, I'm going to, hopefully you can see this. In some circles, this is called a macchiato. All right? This is the type of life that includes Jesus. But what we're learning about today is that he wants to be every part of our life to where there is no separation at all, but his spirit is within us. And I realize this is a cheap illustration, and it's a way to get coffee while you're preaching. It needs a little more creamer, but that is good stuff right there. I want you to seriously see this. Don't spill it, son. Um, This is how I want you to get this visual of how the Holy Spirit, how Jesus really is to be a part of every aspect of our life, to be stirred in to where it's not separate like the macchiato is, uh, to where it's not plain black by itself. And I'm just totally messing with you people who like black coffee. Um, 
But we see that the Holy Spirit is introduced. We see that the presence of, of Jesus is introduced and he is mixed in to every facet of, my, of our life to where we can't see a difference now between the creamer and the coffee. We can't see a difference between our spiritual life and our work life, our spiritual life and our family life, our spiritual life and our dark, or not dark, our, our, our thoughts that people don't see. It's all mixed in together. We have the mind and the thoughts of Christ. And that's what he's seeking to do. Jesus will shift and shape your mind so that you look and think differently. This coffee doesn't look... Let me set one real quick, Nathan. You see, this coffee... I had a little more creamer because he had a little bitter coffee face there. All right, this coffee, for a little bit of contrast here, see, it doesn't look the same, does it? There's a difference that's there. And our lives as believers, as cheap as this little illustration is here, our lives as believers... We should look different because our mind thinks differently. The Bible says that you are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen nation. You're a holy, you're a peculiar people, different and set apart. My son's already spilled the coffee on his jeans. <laughs> At least it wasn't on the church carpet. So... Now that I know how to think, what must I do to change my life? What must I do to change? Point number two, our actions are transformed, so we must have nothing to do with sin. Boy, that sounds like a tough order, doesn't it? Have nothing to do with sin? You want to, you know, you have no idea what we face in daily life. And I'm not mad at you, son, because I do the same thing. Um, anyway. Our actions are transformed, so we must have nothing to do with sin. Here's what Colossians 3, 5, right out of the Bible. So put to death the sinful nature, the earthly things lurking within you. Other translations say, so put to death, or consider the members of your earthly body as dead. How in the world can we do that? Well, we change our mindset. And so now I'm not so concentrated on the sinful behaviors I used to have. Or if I'm tempted to fulfill an old sinful behavior, I'm reminded of the kingdom of heaven and I'm reminded of the presence of God in those moments. And so our actions are transformed so that we have nothing to do with sin. Another thought here real quick that was, that was brought up is this. When you think about that word consider, consider yourself dead to sin, that word also means to fantasize about something, to fantasize about your being dead to sin. Now, I, I think we can all, I just, just close your eyes for a moment and think of the gentle ocean breezes and the sound of the waves coming in. Can you, you, now all of a sudden the leaves are starting to fall. Oh, look, one just fell on your face because you're laying there reclining and you smell the smells. You know, when we fantasize about vacation, our mind takes us there, doesn't it? Our mind gets us ready to, uh, to think about these things. And I realize fantasizing, it can also have a negative connotation, but we're talking about the good part of this. Fantasize or think about those things as being dead. So when you wake up in the morning, you know the sins that you deal with and you look in the mirror each and every day and you know, I've been struggling with this. 
but man, this is going to be dead one day where it's not even going to be a thought in my life. He says, consider it dead. Fantasize about it. Think about it. Uh, the second part of verse 5 says, Has n- have nothing to do, and here's what he's talking about, with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. He goes on to say, don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Verse 6, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. So just as heaven is coming, for those whose mind is thinking of the sinful things, it says the anger of God is also coming. Verse 7, you used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wick to dirty language, anger, slander, sexual immorality, pornography, le- uh, lusts, greed, whatever it may be. See, there are a lot of things that are not true that we dream about, right? Some of you, you have dreams of, I don't know what it is. And it hasn't necessarily come true yet, has it? But that doesn't stop you from dreaming. I dream of the day of no more braces payments. (laughs) I dream of the day of no more, I don't know, lots of expenses. And I have my own muscle car. Do I see that as a reality in the next few years? No, but I still dream about it, right? That's what he's saying here. Fantasize, dream about these things. Think on these things. And you know what? As you do this every day and you apply to it, we're not talking about mind over, let me make it very clear. We are not talking about mind over matter. We're talking about allowing the spirit to transform our thoughts to the things of God. Because I know there's this whole name it, claim it, blab it, grab it type of thing that's out there. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about setting our minds on things above. And to do that, we have to crucify the flesh. We have to bring those thoughts into captivity. And we have to set our mind on things above. That's what he's talking about. And so there are things that I dream about that aren't true, but that doesn't stop me from dreaming. So why not dream of sinful thoughts and actions until it becomes reality? And part of what he brings out here are sexual sins and greed and all those type of things. So why not dream about, consider your members as dead, freedom from sinful thoughts and actions until it becomes reality? I want to repeat verse 7. I want to think like we're already in heaven. He said, you used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. Here's what we know as Christians. We should no longer be in our thoughts part of this world and to its systems. Now, we are here. We are here to make an influence. We do benefit from the systems of the world, right? But it's not determining our course of action. Many believers are bound by sin because it's all they've ever known. All right, what do I mean by that? I'm going to take you back to history class, okay? For some of you, for some of me, it's been a long time since I've been in history class. Um, But I want you to think back to something. Back when the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, who remembers what that is? That was setting the slaves. Neely must be studying that right now, huh? Oh, no? Okay, well, last year, but you still remember it. Very good. That is when, good girl, Neely. That is awesome. Your mom and dad should be proud. Um, when the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, many slaves, and that, by the way, that was slaves receiving their freedom, many slaves remained on their plantation because they were even by sin. 
It's all we've ever known. This mindset, this way of thinking is all we've ever known. We've been bound so long to some of the sins that we don't know how life will be without them. And, and that sounds crazy, doesn't it? It does, but there's, there's a kind of odd security in the familiar. It's gotten me this far so far. I've managed to this point so far. And there's kind of an odd security that's in that. My dad had this sin. I have this sin. Our family has managed. But what we fail to realize is that my kids will walk in that as well. And God is wanting to set us free. Or we, we may even say, this is just who I am. No, you're not. You are in Christ now. No longer bound by those things that your family was bound by, that you have been bound by all your life. You are in Christ. You are a new creation. God wants to bring, bring freedom and it's found in thinking about heaven and living daily in his presence. So thirdly, what we do is we put on the new nature. Verse 10, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. You see, this is not a mind over matter, positive thinking type of thing. No, this is focusing our mind on the word of God, thinking about heaven and understanding the reality of the presence of God in our life now. We're putting on the new, we just... Uh, can you believe we're finished with summer? Isn't that insane? I mean, kids are back in school. Some of the parents are out there. Yes, we're back in school. That's what some of you parents were fantasizing about over the summer. One of these days, the kids will be back in school. So our kids went to camp this year um, from Abundant Life. We had kids and we had our youth go. It is not uncommon for small kids to come home from church camp, for any camp, in the same clothes they went there with. Those of you who have volunteered at church camp, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you who went to church camp uh, know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, we, we've been there. We've been to Nate, you know, grew up at church camp. You saw those kids, didn't you? You may have been one of those kids, maybe. <laughs> Growing up at church camp, but there's always those kids that they leave with the same clothes that they were wearing. Prayerfully, our kids take more than just one shower a week. Now, I am thankful for our leaders who go with our camp because Pat and Jen were with our youth this year. They made sure that you, the, most of the time you don't have to tell youth to shower, but sometimes you do. But I'm thinking, who is with our... Oh, you had to remind Matt to take a shower, Jen? Oh. <laughs> Dean um, and Eric were with the boys this year, and did you have to remind the kids into the shower? This is what I want to think about for a moment. It's not uncommon for small kids to come home from camp in the same clothes they went there with. Now, here's the thing. They may have taken a shower, but they put the same smelly clothes back on. I've seen that happen as well. When we put on your new nature, we also, like in the, this morning, I got up, I took a shower, and I put, you'll be proud, I put on clean clothes. They were clean. They were laundered. Still smells like Tide little bit right thank you Danny she gave me a little hand clap but that's what it's like whenever we are in Christ not only does the inside become clean but we put on new clothes is what he's saying we put on a new nature that isn't smelly but it's holy that's the goal of what we're doing so when he says put on your new nature it's like putting on new clothes after you've had a shower 
you will be renewed. And here's what we know. When you change your clothes, God will help you change your mind and your thinking. Because I know I've struggled. I'm a Christian, but I struggle in my thoughts sometimes. But this assures me that God will help me in my mind and in my thinking. Your clothes is referring to putting on salvation, your behavior, uh, all those things, victorious. Because I know if you're like me, you're thinking, but this has been hard to overcome. I've dealt with this all my life. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. I've gone to seminars. I've done this. I've heard teachings. I've gone on Right Now Media, watched videos about it, blah, blah, blah. You're not in this alone and you can be victorious. Prayerfully, you're taking a shower every day. Prayerfully. You are cleaning off the filth of the day or the previous day. And prayerfully, you take more than one shower a week. In the same way, we must daily cleanse our minds and bodies of the old nature of lying, filthy language, lust, greed, idolatry, rage, slander, evil desires, sexual immorality. What this is saying is just don't wait till Saturday night or to Sunday morning to spiritually shower because you know what? We'll stink throughout the week. Speak righteousness, peace, and the things of God every day until it's our nature. See, I think today, I mean, I try to do this every morning, but especially on Sunday mornings before I preach, I intentionally say, Lord, search my heart because I'm about to deliver your word. And I need, you, I need to know, is there any wicked way within me? Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But again, this should be a daily habit. I shower daily. I should all. So there's repentance that happens every single day. Because we need to remember that we belong to Christ. Think about that. We belong to the Savior of the world. We belong to the Creator of the universe. And you know what? He created our bodies, he created our minds, and he can transform them to have his mind and to have his nature. And yes, it requires work on our part, but we can do it. And we can make sure that every single day we are, I don't mean this to be cheaply, but we're stirring in the presence of the Holy Spirit every single day when we wake up. We belong to Christ, therefore we are victorious. I want us to stand this morning. What I'm having you do by standing is you're, ch you're changing your position right now, aren't you? We're getting ready to dismiss, but you're changing your position. You're no longer sitting. You are now standing. And I want you to see yourself in right standing with God. Your mind has been renewed. We have, man, we entered into the presence of God today. Thank you, worship team. We entered into his presence today. And our mind began to transform the worries and the concerns. Of something. This is how I fight my battle. We're like, oh yeah, take that, Satan. You know, I don't know what you do, how you respond to that. But there was something that was a lifting that was happening today because your mind was being renewed. And so today you have stood in your position in Christ. I want you to see the change in position that has happened. I want you to understand that you are victorious and you take your place. And so we ask for a heavenly mindset and dwell daily in the presence of God. What an awesome privilege that is.
people of God. And God can help you and God can help me and he has helped you and he has helped me. He's helping our J-12ers right now, our elementary age, our babies and toddlers and those who are working with them. God is good. Dean, I'm believing that this week as you take off and you 20-hour flight that you have the privilege to talk to people even on the plane and then when you land in Niger Wednesday night here it'll be this time Wednesday night right that the gates of heaven are opened as you land in Niger and you see people come to Jesus and I'm praying for Clint I'm praying for Matt and Jamie and fill in your names as you go to work and that your mind is transformed, you're so focused on heaven that you're taking the kingdom of God wherever you go. Maybe it's even when you go home this afternoon to your house, you're introducing that. Amen. I want you to take just a moment, uh, maybe just turn your hands upward, lift your hands to the Lord and say, God, will you help me as I seek to transform my mind and my thoughts and to have the mind of Christ? Just take a few moments to do that. Caleb, I'm going to give them a microphone for. Um, oh, you had one behind you there. Um, if you need agreement in prayer in the area of healing in your physical body, your mind, your thoughts, whatever it may be, they have been preparing all week to pray for you. Um, just praying for the church. And Jesus as your personal Savior. Today, they have an opportunity to pray for you as well. So what that looks like, I'm just going to ask that you would, as we dismiss, that you come down here and say, I need to receive Jesus as my Savior today. I want that whole process to begin to change in my life and allow them to pray for you. They have a, a Bible back here that they want to be able to give you and um, to introduce you to Jesus. So Larry Gale, will you pray for us this morning? And I'll see you at the back.